0: <laughs>
1: mm. Doc, something has been ravaging my mind recently.
0: Oh, oh, okay. I like I like how we hijack the cold open. Yeah, egg. something's been
1: ravaging my mind right
0: now. I mean, is there's your mind is just full of ravages though, isn't it? Like it's, ravages
1: of guar.
0: It's like a boggy mosh of ravage, right? Just
1: corned beef and ravage.
0: <laughs> what's been What's been
1: what would Brian Boitano do if he was here right now?
0: Do you think he would call DJ Khaled a bitch? Um, because. Probably kick
1: his ass, too. Amongst That's what Brian Boitano do.
0: Amongst, you know, um, the hospitals and ambulances and other things catching the kill streak heat of Israel's IDF this week um dj khaled also caught a couple of strays at a protest i don't know if you were watching as i was looking at the (laughs) twitter video um a pro-palestine protest say that five times fast
1: pro-palestine all
0: right uh i believe was going down in california and amongst all of the people being interviewed by uh, Shownuff on Instagram, right? One of the people that he interviewed happened to be holding a sign that said DJ Khaled is a bitch. And, then, <laughs> and when explained why, um, the answer became pretty obvious, right? Uh, he's he's Palestinian. I, I don't know if you, if you knew, because I didn't know. Allegedly, DJ Khaled, who is an Arab, is... Palestinian um and has been surprisingly quiet about this whole thing considering such right it's kind of like how drake was during the george floyd protests and you know all that black lives matter movement stuff which made the whole push- ja? well it made the whole push a t uh story of adidon thing yeah. cause remember the cover had drake in blackface never forget in in, in the spirit of halloween yeah uh <laughs> Drake wore blackface, not for Halloween though, um, for some art project he was working on. DJ Khaled's DJ Khaled's silence, however, uh, cannot be interpreted as an art project. Um, it does come off kind of weird, considering like even Jews in like the UK and New York and I believe Miami also had another protest. There was a, a huge pro-Palestine protest. I believe in DC this week as well, have come out and spoken against, uh, what I very callously referred to as the kill streak of the IDF earlier, uh, because yeah, on top of the hospital explosion that they're still blaming on Hamas, right? Um, they also hit a refugee camp and, uh, also struck a ambulance this week with, a. Uh, in airstrike um one that they claimed was secretly being used to transport hamas weaponry and technology and things of that nature right um but but no evidence has been shown of that uh the idf and the is the israeli government um still kind of push back on providing any clear evidence as to why they thought that it's
1: hard for journalists to get into
0: gaza um but the fact that DJ Khaled is getting caught up in this Israel-Palestine mess is just another example of how this conflict is rising, rising up and, and crashing, crashing through. through with another forced intro. This is Doc
1: and Ziggy, consensually.
0: <laughs> and we are The Flood, your favorite weekly pop culture digest putting the news happening around you and discussing how it shapes the culture to find you in context with our pop perspective. To put the culture, culture in, in context to make the mainstream make, make sense. sense.
1: Because if we do not, not make, make sense, sense we, we don't, don't make, make
0: does. Holla if you hear me fucking up the intro, <laughs> but...
1: I was gonna say DJ Khaled's probably got, like, the Michael Jordan approach of Republicans buy sneakers, too.
0: I... Mm, Jews buy sneakers, too, or as Kanye would want us to say, yous buy sneakers, <laughs> I too. I did to hear about that. Um, yeah, we're not gonna talk about We're not Kanye, gonna talk about Kanye. Kanye pro- proving that he might actually be, like, a neo-Nazi. I don't it's weird we live in a weird timeline attack
1: on titan ended and i have to watch that
0: yeah yeah officially um one of the greatest on titan final
1: season part three presentation one and two
0: uh so at this point at this point we're we're gonna go ahead and make the call um top 10 anime of all time or not
1: i mean probably yeah,
0: you think you like, think it's a contender? At, if
1: we're looking at like, if we take the the general scale of how we ranked hip hop artists and apply it to anime, it's it's kind of hard
0: to do. We it. apply that scale to anime though, like I'm, like, I'm critical, not gonna get into the weeds about that. commercial success. Yeah. Uh,
1: respect of. You know, other anime fans. Cultural impact. Cultural impact. Right.
0: I mean, Jaegerist is literally a term now that is um, jokingly and non-jokingly used. Yeah, like, um, I, I commented... Do you, think, do you think Kanye is a Yeagerist?
1: Absolutely. <laughs> absolutely.
0: <laughs> Get that man a shirt. Um. Anyway, listen, I feel Kanye like... Kanye
1: would be a Yeagerist, but still be like, you know those arm bands are kind of flashy. though.
0: <laughs> I feel like it's kind of hard to really like uh, guess deny at least the cultural impact that the show has had at this point right I guess the staying power uh will really have to be tested to see right um
1: I mean to be honest, I have to probably rewatch season two, three four four point one four point two four point three the final season one and two.
0: I feel like its impact can't be understated, right? Absolutely. Which is why I it's feel like... It's just
1: really annoying, and it, it's it's not ruining it, but it's like eating a dessert, and you're like, why is that little bit sour? Yeah. Like, the end of just like, why is this so
0: stretched out? I just, do you feel like the show is stretched out? I mean, you're a One Piece fan. Like, how can you say no, no. any, like, anime feels stretched out as long as it's not I'm doing, not like, 30 second screens? But like, it's, like,
1: the final season. All right.
0: Cool. Oh, you mean yeah. And then
1: it's like, all right, the final season part two, and it's like, oh, okay,
0: cool. It's still
1: feels, not over. Final season part three.
0: It feels very similar to what Netflix did with Stranger Things, right? And now I'm just waiting for the like Attack on Titan uh, OVA movie, right? So, because it's it's bound to happen, right? Even though the anime is over, right? Like we're we're gonna get a movie. We got a demon, two Demon Slayer movies at this point. Right? Well, one of
1: them was just like an entire season, of Demon Slayer.
0: The, well, <laughs> an
1: entire demon is an entire season. To put it better, an entire season of Demon Slayer was the movie stretched out.
0: Um, so I do feel like, though, based on cultural impact alone, it's definitely top twenty-five anime of That's all time. Um, top ten might be a little bit more iffy. So um, I've,
1: I've seen some like video reviews, but I want to ask you this question: Do you hope Aaron dies?
0: Kind of. I kind of feel like... I
1: totally want Aaron to die.
0: Not that I want him to die, but I feel like it's necessary for him to die to complete this reluctant martyr arc that he's been on the entire time.
1: I've never had a choice.
0: Also, I mean, if he doesn't die, does that mean that the anime is ultimately pro-fascism? Um,
1: yeah that's like what I was also gonna say I, I commented on the Discord I was just like I haven't watched it yet but I really ex- I'm really intrigued to see what the neo-nazis say about it online
0: um I can tell you something else people have been really intrigued about this week and that is Taylor's version right yeah Taylor Swift is dominating the billboard because charts
1: this week's hit on the algorithm is
0: cruel summer um, again. It has been on the chart for. It has been on the charts for a week. Um, No, actually, it's been on the charts for for 25 weeks. uh, 25 weeks. Um, It has spent two weeks at number one, uh, followed by. Fuck. Followed by Doja Cat's Paint the Town Red, uh, which has been up in the top five for two weeks now. Uh been on the charts for twelve weeks. this is Snooze, which is the like fucking longest running track in the top ten, uh on the Billboard charts period, uh right now at forty six week. I maybe not on the Billboard Charts period. Anyway, y'all know what I mean. Um then number four is I remember everything with Zach Bryan, and number five is Fast Car with Luke Combs. Both of them are spending nine weeks. Uh, Zach Bryan's I Remember Everything has only been on the charts for nine weeks at this point. So I believe that is the baby of the bunch. Um and Luke Combs's fast car has been on the charts for thirty one weeks, falling just behind Scissors Snooze. Right. Uh so these are, you know, some of our favorite summer hits that are still riding into the fall times shortly before the dawn of uh, the queen we all know, uh, the Christmas queen, Mariah Carey. Mm -hmm. Uh, (laughs) Have you heard it anywhere yet? Not yet. No, no. Um, Not yet. I do
1: want to bring it back to Attack on Titan for a
0: second. uh, I was going to say, I know that stores are already setting up Christmas merchandise and, you know, the Christmas decor, but I have not heard Mariah Carey creep out of her cave yet, so... Back to Attack on Titan, though.
1: It should also, I mean, like, artistically, it just got...
0: Yeah, I... Lauded
1: I, artistically. Yes. Just graphically, like, the music, from a piece of media, if you... The, visual media, take the narrative out, it's it's beautiful. Yes,
0: visually, the, I think that was one of the things that got me through the first and the second season. It's like the
1: only thing Demon Slayer has going for it.
0: Uh, Yeah, and it had that death and gore in a way that... Terraform Mars had, but Terraform Mars wasn't as beautiful to look at. It was a lot more, like, bleak. I th- it was also,
1: like, it was a lot less humanizing because they're just yeah. giant cockroaches.
0: And, and, dude, it was just so bleak, though. Like, every... And, and I'm... I keep saying that because Attack on Titan was terribly fucking bleak too. I don't think anybody watching or listening would say that there wasn't like moments in that show where they felt like like why am I why am I watching this shit is just sad yeah like, but that's war right like I mean that's that's genocide um, and how do
1: you think the Attack on Titan series finale was received in Israel?
0: I. No say. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know, man. Um, I feel like that. Also, though, the the themes that the show is tackling, right? Like, uh, and the way that it is choosing to tackle them are another reason why I feel like it is a top contender for you know uh, top ten anime. Of the all other the time.
1: thing that uh, so this is in my studying of literally religion in. Japanese media. Right. Uh, A lot of the times they use religious symbols uh, pretty much just as a stylistic thing. So, I think the creator of Attack on Titan might not have realized the extreme level of that symbolism, like the
0: armband, is associated. You you think? You you really think that? I mean, because I'm might give you some, leg like, room if we were in, like, the 90s or the early 2000s. But, dude, this is 2023, right? And I know Attack on Titan came out in, like, you know, the 2010s era, right? But it's still, like... It's kind of hard to be like, oh, I didn't know, right, in this day and age. It's,
1: he knew? Obviously, he fucking knew what the... We're not talking religion, about... Yeah, yeah, I was... not not... Too- I don't know if the creator knew the weight of that particular symbol.
0: I don't know. I feel like that is doing a disservice to the creator who clearly was trying to line up like a real fascist extremist yeah. uh you know Absol- ideology. Absolutely. In but the storyline It's
1: It's such an ugly show. And I mean that it's a compliment.
0: Yeah, I mean, because it, once again, it's covering a whole lot of heavy subject matter through the fantastical nature of giants, right? Like, a, a giant force that is, what, like, blank. Like, they are like blank slates. Like, they literally exist just to consume. Right? Um, and we're not going to get into like the anti-Semitic idea uh uh call illusion there, right? Like oh,
1: No, there's like Attack on Titan is a very complicated anime. Uh
0: by complicated, do you mean anti-Semitic?
1: That's the thing. It might not be.
0: It might not be. It's but...
1: it's such a fucking complicated series. And, and like the thing is
0: like Kanye, people
1: <laughs> side with Aaron Yeager.
0: People side with Kanye, and Kanye thinks Hitler had some good ideas. Uh... Do you? I,
1: you also heard what he wanted to name the uh, Yay album, right?
0: Wasn't it just Hitler? Yeah. <laughs> she just wanted
1: to name it Hitler. <laughs> Which is
0: so funny to me, right? Because if Kanye had had the riz like he thinks he has, then he would understand that fucking West Side Gun has been doing that shit already. Like, there's like fucking ten Hitler wears Hermes albums already. Dog, like... <laughs> what? That's because West Side Gun's hilarious. I think you got, like... The nigga got swag. Kanye don't got the swag like that no more, dude. As much as Kanye used to have it, it's just not there anymore. And I don't know if it's all the coke or losing to Drake or like hanging the, out with the, the Kardashians, Kardashians, right? But the nigga he don't got he don't got it like that anymore because once again, he's not ahead of the game. Naming your album Hitler, that's fucking edgelord shit. That's like something Elon Musk would do, right? And think he was edgy. Like, oh,
1: Elon Musk got roasted. Because he was like, I'm, I'm going to do my best uh, Internet Today, Elon.
0: Shout out to Internet Today on YouTube. The Cybertruck looks like something Blade Runner would drive. <laughs> Dude, Elliot... It's, it's Elliot, yeah. Elliot, it's Elon, is so great. Although it makes me feel like he should have like a fucking pinwheel mustache. Dude, it's fucking... <laughs> wild speaking of alien uh did you know that they are making a alien sequel um i guess you could call it a sequel hold on
1: a sequel to which one wouldn't this be like alien seven
0: so disney is making a new alien movie alien romulus bringing the uh series back to its horror sci-fi roots according to many who have gotten a peek at some of the uh movies plot points um disney's alien romulus according to screen Rant, is a standalone sequel that drops all the prequel storylines uh it's directed by fetty alvarez the guy who rebooted the evil dead franchise and also did don't breathe right so uh if you saw the evil dead reboot then you would know that this alien movie is in good hands dog because he like the way I, first of all the evil dead reboot is like my favorite fucking horror movie to come out and and it still has like, Bruce
1: Campbell right
0: no there's no Bruce Campbell like it's a whole new cast uh a bunch of no names and apparently this alien uh movie has like a bunch of no names too uh Sigourney Weaver is not returning right like this is like like they said it is a standalone redo of the series, right? It will have no attachment whatsoever to any of those Alien prequels. Um,
1: oh, I just wanted to just get this out of the way real quick. Uh, Netflix One Piece has gotten a green light for season two.
0: I feel like we did talk about that. Yeah, just, um,
1: if we haven't, it, it's just another note. It obviously was going to get one, but... Hold on.
0: back to the reads Oh, and reportedly the new alien movie impressed Ridley Scott himself, right? So he's like Ridley is giving it his two thumbs ups. Uh saying that his initial reaction to Romulus speaking to DJA Latino Summit in twenty twenty three was that he had seen *Romulus* and pronounced the movie to be fucking great. <laughs> End quote. Um, Alvarez, the fetty Alvarez, was deeply moved by the comment. Blah blah blah. Um, I mean, impressing
1: Ridley Scott with a movie that Ridley Scott made is
0: yeah. So I'm I'm happy for this because I liked *Alien*. The 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 fucking like prequels and all of that. Uh, what was it, *Prometheus*? And all that shit. Yeah, that was all convoluted and just, like, Like, bloated for no reason. Can you
1: imagine somebody else making the third Blade Runner and Ridley Scott being, like, you
0: killed it, kid! (laughs) Um.
1: Like, Ridley Scott did Blade Runner 2049. He's like, I'm not letting anybody else fucking do this movie.
0: Right. Um. So there will be, like, as I said, there will be no, uh, Ellen Ripley, um... completely original cast totally unknown um and they are hoping that romulus will kind of bring back some energy to the franchise because they've got a fucking like alien versus predator anime in the works as well um which i'm kind of excited to see because i've always the finding out that those two are like linked in the same universe is cool but only to the extent that like I guess you get to fantasize about what that would be like like yeah we got Alien versus Predator in the early uh to, or in the late 2000s right And then we
1: had like Alien and the Mayan civilization
0: Yeah uh no, no that was Predator. That was Predator. Yeah, yeah, that uh first of all that that Predator movie Prey that was a great reboot too, right? Of the Predator franchise after that uh Predators movie which was kind of like Cabin in the Woodsy uh, as far as, like, Predator movies are I concerned. I mean, we've also
1: gotten, like, Freddy versus Jason before,
0: and... Uh, Freddy... <laughs> yeah, I'm waiting to see how long it's gonna take. I'm actually kind of surprised that there was no, like, hype announcement. There really was no, like, hype Halloween or horror movie announcements for this, like, spooky season, right? I'm but- just
1: waiting for the 1980s horror movie platformer brawl game.
0: Horror movies don't typically come out around this time of year, though, either, surprisingly. Uh, they typically come out in, like, late winter, so, like, January, February, uh, when people aren't really going to the movie theaters, mm-hmm. which I've always found weird. But um, I'm kind of, I'm, I'm, I'm excited for this Alien reboot, especially considering the director, uh, Fede Alvarez. Like I said, he's made some great I mean, there hasn't been so a
1: far. good sci-fi horror in a while, right?
0: Uh, not really unless you consider Five Nights at Freddy's, which is doing fucking banger numbers since its fucking release, um, last weekend I think is when it came out.
1: We will Um, talk about that more after this
0: break. Welcome back. Welcome back. Welcome back, welcome back, welcome back. Did you like my little power down just now? Um, because if you did, then you might be into this new Five Nights at Freddy's movie. It's like, now, have you ever played Five Nights at Freddy's? Nope. Uh, Five Nights at Freddy's, if you don't know, is the animatronic survival horror style game that came out, I don't know, what, like six years ago at this point, it feels like. I don't somewhere in the last ten years, right? Um and the franchise has been creeping. Your Gen Z tweens out since then, so much so that it's built like this huge a uh, this huge cult following, no no pun intended. I don't think there needs to be a pun there. Um it's got all kinds of fan lore around it. Like the franchise really has branched out since its humble beginnings as like a camera click survivor horror game i'm glad i got that out um uh, <laughs> and the movie itself debuting last week a universal in blumhouse flick uh debuted at a whopping 80 million dollars and i believe that's just domestically which is fucking insane for a movie that took only $20 million to make. Uh, they have completely... Respect the check. Completely blown their budget out of the water at this point. Um, totaling, at as of recording, at $113 million uh, domestically. Um, hold on. Um, so, it's... Dude, I believe it even has... Um, Who's the dude that played Shaggy? Uh uh, damn.
1: The voice of Shaggy?
0: Hold on, hold on. Just just give me a second.
1: I'm not saying, I think the voice of Shaggy was Casey Kasem.
0: No, obviously, I'm not talking about the voice of Shaggy. Um, the movie starring, oh my god, is that Danny Masterson's sister? All right, uh. Future Zig edited out. The movie starring Josh Hutcherson, uh, Piper Rubio, Elizabeth Lail, Matthew Lillard, uh, the voice, and, and you guys might remember Matthew Lillard as Shaggy from Scooby Doo reboots. Uh, our younger viewers, um, our older viewers will remember Matthew Lillard from all kinds of other shit. Uh, Mary Stewart Masterson, who might be Danny Masterson's sister, I think. I'm not quite sure on that she wasn't on that seventy show um no she was not there you go a host of a whole bunch of other people who i don't readily know off the top of my head i the only person i know in that cast is uh matthew lillard i do know that um uh which youtuber is it that was included in this cast uh there was another youtuber um
1: Also, for the record, I wish the Kaido versus Loopy fight ended like 20 episodes earlier. Really? Yeah.
0: It's not KSI. Why can't I remember? Oh, Corey X. Kenshin. Corey X. Kenshin, the YouTuber, also has like, I don't know, like a 15 minutes of screen time kind of part in the Five Nights at Freddy's movie. But I just... Yeah, it's... uh. It caused like a bunch of controversy because the movie was supposed rumored to be like really like gory, it, which parents found wild because it's supposed to be like a children's horror movie. Uh, or so like, and then we have to deal with like the contradiction that is children's horror movie. Yeah, right. Uh, but apparently the movie's a really fun time. Uh, the controversy behind it was completely unwarranted. Uh, at this point, I've I heard
1: very polarizing opinions on this
0: movie on whether it's good or not i mean you're also what 32 so i'm not surprised that 32 year olds don't think a movie that's aimed at 12 year olds is good
1: um i mean i haven't seen it i'm just saying you've also never played
0: five nights at french exactly have you seen any of the game have you seen any of the gameplay
1: yeah i mean he's like a animatronic teddy bear and
0: are you into survival horror story or survival horror games? Like
1: Not as much as you are.
0: Yeah, uh, survival horror games are my jam. Um, but five, I've never played Five Nights at Freddy's. Uh, my son fucking loves the game, right? He wants me to take him to go see the movie. I mean, um,
1: my, my favorite kind of video games are the ones I can spend like 30 minutes in a menu and be the, content. <laughs> uh,
0: so... I will probably end up watching this at some point and I will come back and let you guys know my opinion of it. Uh, you guys let us know. Did you see the movie? How did you enjoy it? Um, Tell do us you what you feel like. like. Tell us what you don't like. Do you feel like it was worth the hype? Do you feel like the controversy behind all that movie was justified? Um, if not, then moving on to more controversy, I so, think it's time we talk about
1: <sighs> Five Nights at Freddy's costed 20 million to make and made a profit of 80 million or made 80 million yes so um let's just talk about marvel
0: i think it's time we talk about marvel and (laughs) the house burning down potentially the
1: marvels the
0: house is burning shout out to isaiah rashad um
1: (laughs) um there's also a really good rock band with a a song called The House is Burning. Um, I can't remember your name, but shout out to y'all. You showed up on my Discover Weekly.
0: A Variety article popped up this week titled Crisis at Marvel. Jonathan Major's Backup Plans, The Marvel's Reshoots, and Reviving Original Avengers, More Issues Revealed.
1: So you said Five Nights at Freddy costed $20 million and made $80 million. Well, the movie The Marvels, which I didn't even realize was coming out until like, Two weeks ago, well, you I, didn't really, even, I
0: didn't even know it was a movie. I was—you really have been living under a rock. That was like the big phase. Of, what are we in? Phase five four. now? No, are we in phase yeah. four? I thought. I think this is the beginning of phase five. Um, I think phase four ended with uh, Secret Wars. Right, the Samuel L. Jackson. Oh yeah, that one also sucked. Um, and Loki season two started, which I have to, I have to watch. I mean, the first two episodes of Loki. Everybody is like Loki deserves an Emmy at this point. It's, I think Loki is like by far considered the best uh, standout Disney project as or Marvel project, right? Uh, Aside from the Avengers movies, it's like Infinity War. End game, like Owen and
1: Wilson's killing it that it, show
0: it's Infinity War end Game Loki Black Panther right like <laughs> those so far out of all the what 32 projects that we've gotten from them uh those are the best right uh widely considered the best. Winter
1: Soldier uh
0: yeah um, Age of Ultron is kind of getting, like, eh. a resurgence. Well, people are finding... Revisionist,
1: a, revisionist history on it? Uh, that.
0: yeah, people are finding a new appreciation for the movie after, like, everything is said and done. Um, but what they are not finding a new appreciation for is this Kang arc.
1: So, back to the marbles real quick. That movie costed $250 million to make, and it is projected to make $75 million. Yeah. In its opening
0: weekend and there are a lot of behind the scenes things that go into this projection right like there were a lot of last minute redos of the scripts then we had the whole writer strike and the actor strike that and are happening here's a quote. um
1: here's a quote from a uh unnamed top deal maker in hollywood quote marvel is truly fucked with the whole kang angle and they haven't had an opportunity to rewrite until recently because of the wga strike but I don't see a path how they move forward with
0: him. Um, and this is even without considering the like recent controversy that is like assailing Jonathan Majors at the moment, right? Like we're not outside of the domestic violence case that he's about to face. Um, Ant Man and the Quantum Verse or like <laughs> Ant <laughs> Man and, and, and Quantum, and Wasp, Quantum- didn't do numbers like they were expecting it to. Um, and a lot of people were blaming the bad reception on the shoddy CGI that that has seemed to plague a lot of Marvel's projects as of recently, which was brought up during the strikes because they were saying that like working for Marvel at this point is like working for a sweatshop. Dude, they've got them coming in at last minute, staying all kinds of hours, making all these crazy adjustments, right And here's we, an
1: example from the article. A single episode of She-Hulk to make, by the way, was twenty five million dollars, which was more than the final season of fucking Game of Thrones.
0: Well, I mean, yeah, because they've got to be green the entire time, right? I'm sure that runs the bill up considerably.
1: But some internal sources suggest, um, some internal some internal sources suggest that She-Hulk's V F She-Hulk's VFX issues as a symptom of a deeper rot, namely a lack of oversight on script development. In the original arc of She-Hulk, a flashback of star Tatiana Masani's transformation into Hulk character didn't take place until episode 8, the penultimate episode. But after Marvel's brain trust watched footage, it realizes the scene need to be hap- it realized the scene needed to happen in the pilot episode so the audience could see more of the character's backstory early. That meant the VFX team was tasked with fixing the mess in post-production.
0: Now, to say Marvel is fucked, right, I feel like is a bit hyperbole. We are talking about, like, a billion-dollar industry machine here, right, who has decades of, like, cultural fan credibility to go on. But I will say, though, as the article did point out, they have, they have tainted a lot of that credibility yeah. with these shoddy and rushed productions that they've been doing. And I think Marvel and Hollywood in general, right, and this I feel like this point can be extended to a lot of other places in the industry right now. But speaking specifically on the Disney machine, they overextended themselves in a way that did not need to be done that nobody was asking for and they are holding themselves to a standard that they have themselves established right and they can no longer hold up to that especially considering that they have stressed out their lifeline right so
1: as of um end games run in the theaters yeah they made 30 billion dollars over 32 films
0: Oh, nobody's saying that they're not making their money, right? Like they are totally riding out this hype train. But the the problem becomes the they're not—they're
1: hemorrhaging money now.
0: Yeah, the and the fuel for the hype train, which is their writers, their producers, their VFX team, like that—they're hemorrhaging that too. They are—they are like stringing them dry. Um, these people cannot continue to produce the kind of quality entertainment that we've come to expect from marvel and disney at the rate marvel and disney want them to produce it right and it is because they have set up this insane fucking schedule with this phase these phases that they've come up with right like they built this idea of a franchise that is designed to consistently milk profit right And they are now. There's a show
1: called Echo, which is about Yes. Yes. Yes,
0: I saw the first of all, hold on. Before you rail on that, the trailer for that looks great. Um, it's the first Wilson Fisk I've seen that actually looks like the fucking meatball that Wilson Fisk is. Um and the way he wails on that dude in the fucking alley lets you know that this ain't no Winnie the Pooh type shit. That you about to watch. It is Disney's first real dive into a like rated RTV MA kind of series. I gotta
1: see how they have D'Onofrio act as Fisk.
0: Um, I do know the fight choreography looked amazing, right? Um, it is... I'm not
1: gonna rail against it, it's just one of those like, why did, did we need this? Did we really need this? I... So Did
0: we? Yes. I, I, I'm going to push back here on you and say yes, right? Because one of the things that I do like that is happening with this Disney-Marvel run is the push for the little-known characters. That's kind of what I liked about the new MCU in the beginning, was Marvel had sold off its most popular characters, so in order to revive itself... It had to use, like, its C-tier and B-tier characters. And Iron Man is a fucking household name now. Yeah. The most popular superhero in the world when we were coming up was Spider-Man. Easy. Right? Uh, Spider-Man, the X-Men. And Batman. And Batman. Right? Now people know who the Avengers are people know who captain america is like the world knows who captain america is right the world knows who black widow is thor who hadn't seen that kind of popularity since like the 60s right like (laughs) what kevin feige and them did to revive marvel under the disney banner will should not be understated right um they have completely changed the hollywood landscape as far as what we come to expect from an action movie or even like a sci-fi movie and there were people that will push back and say that superhero movies aren't sci-fi or i will say that maybe the way kevin feige and them do superhero movies isn't sci-fi but i'd also dare you to go watch black panther and tell me that that is not a fucking sci-fi movie Um, That's Afrofuturism at its finest, and Disney did bring us that. Afro, it, like, so we can't, I feel like it's negligent of us now to want, like we did with Netflix, it's negligent of us now to want to fucking put the nail in the coffin for Marvel so early, right, because we're so disgruntled with its content lately.
1: So, Jason Squire, Jason Squire, per Jason Squire, professor emeritus at USC School of Cinematic Arts and host of the Movie Business podcast, said writing Marvel's obituary would be ill advised. Kevin Feige is the Babe Ruth of movie executives, and Marvel has the most profitable track record in history. No
0: question. It's. I mean, as far as movie franchises go, like go ahead. I dare you to name. I dare you to name one better.
1: They're bringing in the X Men. I mean, and the Fantastic Four. which yeah. means they're bringing in Doctor Doom and Magneto, who are two of the best villains and they can have.
0: There are some discussions online, rumors, tweaking, right? You know, opinion polls going around on whether about they, them
1: throwing a bag. It's at time Tony to and shift.
0: Well, I was gonna say whether it's time to shift from the Kang saga to introducing Doctor Doom as the big baddie of the MCU. They are also right?
1: talking about throwing an absolute. Bag at Robert Downey Jr. and Chris Evans Uh, and Scarlett Johansson.
0: For a fucking redo of the Avengers, right? And there's. Talks that the Blade franchise or the Blade movie has been pushed back now to what 20 somewhere mid 2025 because they're shelving everything and going right back to to to
1: to the on a budget of less than 100 million, yeah.
0: And they're going back to the fucking drawing board, right? After uh Mahershala Ali threatened to walk off because of the fucking creative differences that are going on, so there's a lot of turmoil.
1: The director just, like, walked off and quit with, like, a month left. In, he the didn't production. walk off
0: and quit. No, 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 he, no, I'm
1: talking about for the Marvels.
0: Yeah, no, that's what I'm saying. He didn't walk off and quit, but he did move and get started another project. While he was finishing up directing the Marvels. Which is weird. Because you're working for Disney. You're on a Disney project. And you've got the audacity to be like. Yeah but I got this other thing going too. So I'm going to go take that. Because I feel like what's really going on here. Is Feige and them are panicking so hard right now. That they are micromanaging everything. Right? And it's probably part of the reason why we've gotten shitty projects like the Marvels and Miss Marvel and fucking uh she hulk and shit like that right guardians of the galaxy volume
1: 3 made 845 million worldwide and now james gunn the director is at dc
0: and i feel like guardians of the galaxy made that kind of money the same reason thor love and thunder made the money that it was but had the and i mean guardians of the galaxy has had good reception so far but I also feel like this is still riding off of like phase what that they came out in phase two, so this is still like early. I I don't I don't want to call it nostalgia, right? But it's still like an early commitment, right? Like you're yeah. going in to finish out something that you started, right? Like it's the new projects that are having a hard time getting off the ground. They're having a hard time garnering a fan base around the marvels right the um, Eternals, the uh. eternals which people said was long and slow right and so it wasn't bad but no, it was long and slow. it was the closest thing scorsese's probably going to get to like something superhero-y that had like depth and emotion uh, What
1: superhero did we say we would have scorsese do
0: oh i don't remember that was all you you called that one um Cause if it's not Batman, then it's like Daredevil, right? You maybe Scorsese needs to do something along those, or maybe like, but they did Punisher already. Um, there's rumors in the pipeline that the, a new Spawn reboot is has finally gathered enough crowdfunding to get um, some production started and rolling. Um, speaking of new and upcoming projects. <laughs> <laughs> henry cavill on his quest to be king of the nerds is now redoing highlander that's right henry cavill has announced or it, it has been announced through game rant that henry cavill has started a new highlander project um with you know his experience in fantasy work and sword yes, art and, yeah and sword char- choreography um they are looking to reboot the highlighter franchise. And honestly, after watching him do Geralt, right, and knowing he's got that Warhammer thing coming out, i am it's random, but I'm also here for it. Um, I I'm know excited
1: about the Warhammer thing because I've never gotten into Warhammer 40K like that, but I know the lore is awesome. Like, the lore is super deep, and I think that's that's really cool I'm, yeah there's plenty of room for storytelling for that
0: i mean there were like what how many sequels of highlander like 10 and there was a tv series and i believe a cartoon as well so yeah it's definitely Queen
1: did their theme song
0: it's I definitely did there could you try again shut shut up siri nobody's talking to you queen
1: did their theme song <laughs>
0: For Highlander, yeah, yeah uh, it's and so I mean I'm here for that. Uh, another um, movie announcement that we have to make is uh, the is it the redo? No, I think it's the official release of The Boy and the Heron, the uh, the newest Hayao Miyazaki film, right? With a fucking banger all star cast, everybody from like Robert Pattinson to uh, oh,
1: for the the English dub,
0: yeah. Yep, uh, damn, let me, I gotta find it now. Oh, yeah, okay, so everybody from fucking Dave Bautista to Christian Bale, Robert Pattinson is gonna be in this shit, Willem Dafoe is in this shit, Gemma Chan, like, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it's it's they're fucking her. Miyazaki. Stacked. Yeah, it's fucking stacked, dude. Um, so we've some good shit coming down the pipeline now that uh the writer strike is done. Uh, but that SAG after strike is it's looking kind of sketchy. It's still in the water here. They have announced that they're going to take a couple of more days to review the. Last best and final offer that the AMPT is putting forward. Uh the studios are really trying to strong arm the screen actors guild here and they feel like that they have given their best offer uh in which included like something like a fifty percent bonus for Yeah, no after
1: the WGA and the United Auto Workers, oh. they can get better. They could do
0: better. The strike is now on its hundred and fifteenth day. Um, and it These latest discussions, like I said, include something like a fifty percent increase bonus for streaming sh- or for shows that are streaming that end up in that like top ten streaming category and all that stuff, but where they are stalled out at is the some of the finer print when it comes to like AI and AI generation of imagery and duplicated images and stuff like that. Um, so it I don't know at this point we are really getting down to um, a standoff here on how far the studios are willing to bend to the actors' needs because they are. <laughs> Really, really trying to play hard to get when it comes to giving up that bag. Um, But we will be back with more bag talk for you guys right after this break. Pause? Bag talk? Is that a pause? It's a little pause-ish. We'll hit the pause. You guys figure out (laughs) if that's a pause. And we'll be back at you. Welcome back. Welcome back. So, what would you say is the most stressful video game you've ever played? Because for me, it's definitely got to (sighs) play. Hmm. Actually, it's a toss up. Uh, Damn, why am I breaking? What is that game called? The game is so stressful, I blocked it out of my fucking memory. Is <laughs> how stressful it is. Uh, video game. Dude, I'm really like really blinking. It's not the fucking order, it came out around that time though. It's not Assassin's Creed. It's like a Dark Souls game. It's not Dark Souls, though. Why can't I fucking think of the title of this goddamn game? Uh, Bloodborne.
1: That's what it is. Yes.
0: Ha. Because for me, it's Bloodborne. Bloodborne is literally the only game I have ever played. That I could not get past the first fucking level. I could not get past the first level and I tried for an entire fucking week. I tried for an an entire week. Yes. Do you know how That's frustrating, because I I, I have,
1: I can tell you different, I can tell you about frustrating games, and I can tell you about stressful Stressful. games.
0: So, like, yeah, I get it, there are stressful moments in video games, because God of War is one of, especially, like, with some of the puzzles that you have to solve in God of War, that shit gets stressful. Like, there's a specific one, I believe it's in God of War 2. Where the
1: combat and God of War been fucking me up.
0: You have to like defeat all of the enemies within a certain amount of time, or else the floor falls out from underneath of you, and like that shit once again took me like an entire fucking and that's just a challenge in a level that took me like an entire like two three days to get through because like i said it's just you have to like get your combos and your blocking right and you have to do it in the span of like fucking i don't know it felt like 30 seconds but it was probably longer than that uh there have also been other video games where like yeah, yeah, you get stuck in the wrong place and like fall out without like the, and you're like low on like ammo and shit well, like I mean, that. There's a yeah, few games, there's a few
1: games that you can actually just fuck yourself and you have to start over. Yeah, um, um, like um, Final Fantasy Tactics is actually one of them. Yeah. Uh, but like most frustrating game I've played, well, there's two. One of them is kind of unfair, uh, but the, the one that's totally fair is Mega Man X. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> The last level of Mega Man X made me punch, no, kick a hole in the wall. Punch, kick, punch. Uh, and then. um the a Rapper,
0: another stressful game. Uh, <laughs> League of
1: Legends, both frustrating and stressful. But I will tell you, I think the most stressful games I've played are actually difficult boss battles. Your Sephiroth from Kingdom Hearts, your Emerald Weapon from Final Fantasy VII, yeah. who I have not beaten to this day. Uh, but, yeah, I say, like, stressful games are one where it's, it's like, challenging, where I'm almost at a disadvantage. And, uh, like, there are times where... Uh, right,
0: so you think there's a difference between stressful and frustrating.
1: Yeah, Contra is frustrating. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, I can tell you that uh, Bonus Finder, the uh, online betting... Uh, website i think they're a betting website conducted a study amongst 14 gamers and they found that overall the most stressful game played amongst the 14 participants in the study was mario kart stressful stressful okay um and by stressful i mean they measured in kept track of their heart rate over the time of playing these video games and out of the top five which were mario kart fifa call of duty dark souls and fortnite uh mario kart overwhelmingly (laughs) had the highest average bpm increase at 32.8 percent Right, uh, so players' heart rates increased by 32.8% while playing. I know why. Played. I have an idea. <laughs> Do you think it's because they were playing Rainbow Road the entire time? No.
1: Name one human who doesn't think they're the shit at Mario Kart.
0: So you think it's a competition thing? Yes.
1: I think it's like, Mario Kart is the most like universally played game, I think, in the world. Like, everybody used to play Mario Kart, and it's so easy to play. But everyone's also just like, oh yeah, give me Yoshi, I'm gonna dust you. Like everyone is like that.
0: So I can tell you that Dark Souls had the highest peak of like uh bpm during the gameplay at like 98 percent, but overall like on average people's heart rates had like a higher i think the dark souls (laughs) thing goes back to the the
1: difficult thing i was talking
0: about yes yeah so like yeah when you encounter like a specifically like difficult situation
1: if people say they're playing mario kart for fun they are but they're
0: not i was gonna say but mario kart in essence is a difficult situation according <laughs> to this study in the fortune game it's gamers very
1: that it. the difference between the best character and the worst character in Mario Kart is actually very small and the 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 mechanics to be like to really know how to play like drifting is not that hard
0: um so it does look like though if we're looking at the trends of the study the top five games of uh, all of them excluding dark souls are competitive games uh call of duty uh fifa mario kart Fortnite; those are all competitive games so a sustained increase in heart rate while competing doesn't surprise Legalized me can very, be
1: very stressful at times
0: um you know and, and with dark souls having the highest peak increase you know i can probably the
1: highest inherent difficulty level yeah
0: um uh out of those top five it was fall guys mario kart street fighter and then fifa falling behind dark souls right um and i can see what now we have like a fighting game but also more competitive games as well right um so competing increases your heart rate uh but also don't say also uh (laughs) If you're looking to have a good time maybe don't play mario kart with your friends because it will increase your heart rate uh
1: it's a great time if for better can.
0: or for worse um for better or for worse we have to deal with ai right like it's not going anywhere chet gbt really broke open the uh floodgates haha <laughs> uh um and now we are seeing AI uh being crammed down our throats in every single way possible, right? Like every awesome. web browser has an AI feature. Um uh chat GPT yeah. is here to stay. Um being
1: an AI image generator is a riot. I love that. So much fun.
0: And now we have the world's first robot AI CEO. Uh named Mika, her the company behind it being hold on, god damn it, all these fucking pop-up ads. <laughs> oh my god, I would have been better off just reading this and reader. Uh Mika, who is a human-like robot AI, um, was hired by Colombian Spirits Company, Dictador, uh They and, hired
1: a robot.
0: Yeah. And Developed by Hong Kong-based Hanson Robotics, Uh, Mika claims to be the world's first ever AI CEO in charge of a global company, and the female robot will serve as the face of Dictador as the most forward-looking producer uh, in luxury rum, and she was officially contracted by the company in August of uh, August thirtieth, twenty twenty-two, but
1: this AI better get fucking paid
0: in bitcoin (laughs) she doesn't get paid and that's one of the benefits of having an ai ceo uh right or that they're trying to and officially officially this is just a test project right they are trying to teach the ai to be more empathetic in the role of a ceo through her interactions Right. Uh, but they quickly realized the value that she contributes to the company. Um, <laughs> even though at first everybody who worked for it was like, I don't want no fucking robot boss because I mean the lack of accountability. Um, AI is also trained on historical data. Right. So it can sometimes fall victim to bias and unfairness. Yeah. <laughs> it is, right. Also, also as we've seen from lots of we like we talked re, uh, what was it two weeks ago about facebot uh facebots face Facebook <laughs> face Mark Zuckerberg and, <laughs> and meta's new scheme with this whole AI friend thing right yeah. so we're once again we're seeing it all over the place um the it, there's all kinds of all kinds of like controversial pushback that could come from something like this, but I wanted to get your opinion on it and uh, see your reaction to something as crazy as the world's first AI uh, CEO. Oh, there I she is! I hope everybody else gets paid. I think I think that's her right there. Um, if I can, I'll put up a image for. Our- so they
1: gave the AI. A, a, they gave the AI a shell. The ghosts. In, in the, the show,
0: um, has gone capitalist, uh, in corporate. I. <laughs> that dude, was part of
1: the point of Ghost in the Shell.
0: <laughs> <laughs> dude, this is it's stupid to me um, because, like, could you be any more dystopian? Right? Like, I know they're trying to, and they're even trying to disguise it with the we're trying to teach it how to be human. No, they're trying to humanize it so that we get used to it. Right, because they're not giving up on AI replacing us. They will not replace us. Shout out to replacing
1: Kanye. CEOs wouldn't be
0: that bad. Uh, no, shout out to Kanye. Uh, fuck white nationalists. And uh, replace uh, that though, that though. Then there is that, because this is replacing CEOs whose salaries are bloated, extremely. Um, so that's not a bad. That's not a bad thing. Would that right? be trickle-down economics? And didn't we just talk last week about AI and coming for, like, CEOs yeah. and, like, these high-collar jobs? And here we have another example of culture and context. Hey! Uh, <laughs> called it! Put the drum! <laughs> Dude, um, it does feel weird, though. It does feel weird, though, because it just feels very Futurama-y, like... Your boss is an AI robot. How, how far away? Really...
1: Or how far away are we from the suicide booth?
0: <laughs> Actually, the suicide booth was a thing before Futurama. Uh, shout out to Doctor Kavorkian. Yeah, uh, it was more like a van, though. So we don't have booths yet. Um, I don't know. Uh, it does give a very destroy all humans vibe. Uh, although their previous Sister project because Mika is not the first AI CEO project that they worked on. There was another one called Sophia, um, and she once said that she will not destroy all humans. Um, which just is discomforting
1: too... that, that that destroy all humans came out of the
0: AI's mouth at all. It's very tongue in cheek, and I want them to stop doing stuff like that because it doesn't make they're gonna bite their tongue. While it's pressed against their cheek. It does not make anybody comfortable when the AI is making satirical jokes about it. And you can't, AI is not allowed to break the fourth wall yet because this is already fourth wall breaking. <laughs> I cannot stress that enough. I do not think a, a global population that couldn't handle coming together for a pandemic is ready for something as mindfuckery. As AI CEO.
1: Yes. Nope.
0: Um. But what we are ready for is uh paying respect and flowers where they are due, and this week that was done in Oakland, California, nonetheless, via a street name change honoring the late great Tupac Shakur.
1: Was Jada in attendance?
0: You know, I did not see. <laughs> Uh, because I sway was there, right, and I believe he was the announcer during the video revealing of Tupac Shakur.
1: And he have the answers this time?
0: Tupac <laughs> Shakur way at the interjunction of Tupac and MacArthur in Tupac's second home of Oakland, California, um, was officially announced this weekend um and you know that's just that's just great i just wanted you know after some of the heavier things that we talked about you know we started out talking about hamas i feel like it's great to give tupac his flowers the rose that grew from concrete in the episode on something you know a bit more lighthearted. uh speaking of light-hearted there are rumors that joe budden was allegedly jumped the other day um by the other day i i mean yesterday but by the time you guys hear this it will be the other day yeah um this <clears throat> after making you know scathing comments about dj envy and caesar pina caught up in this whole real estate scandal um allegedly allegedly uh these no this wonder
1: charlamagne's looking for his next gig
0: Senior Cesar Pina's uh, boys and them, but uh, also nothing has been confirmed. Joe Budden is pulling the TI and he's like, You know, if I got jumped, where the black eyes at? Where they at though? Where they at though? No, um, listen, I did you see the video of him getting ran up on outside of that restaurant the other day? Like, after I saw that, I felt like it was only a matter of time. Uh, cause niggas is out here acting goofy. I mean, they tried to run up on Offset, right? Uh, because of that whole Cardi B and Nicki Minaj beef, right? Like, the clout chasing is rising! No, we did that already. Uh... what What are you writing down over there?
1: Um, I guess I'll call this an impromptu title shift. So, with the Breakfast Club going down in flames... And Jesus and Vero already defunct. I just had a crackhead idea. Ready? Think shout first out, take.
0: Shout out to the crackhead idea. first
1: take slash crossfire.
0: Okay. Okay.
1: Moderated by Wendy Williams.
0: Oh god. Charlemagne
1: versus Deezus.
0: <sighs> moderated by Wendy so the messy hour. You just Yeah You just want the messy hour. Right? Where they just Talk fucking barbership, barbershop gossip, right? Like, uh, cause speaking of barbershop, it would be
1: more entertaining than Skip and Sh- or um, than Stephen A and Shannon. That's a fucking circle jerk on TV.
0: Yeah, I mean, although I will say the the Shannon and Ocho Cinco combination, I'm I'm kind of liking that. Well, right? Shannon's hilarious, but yeah.
1: Stephen A is just like kissing Shannon's feet. <laughs>
0: uh. I can tell you, nobody is kissing Joe Budden's feet. They are trying to make Joe kiss his feet. Um, That was a knockout joke. Um, Hope I knocked it out. Um, Also, if you were in Baltimore this weekend, you might have seen me knock out some stand-up. This would be two two weekends ago by the time our listeners hear this. But yeah, no, we did. Some more stand up at Zismo's uh, in Hamden, and it went. Think it went pretty well. You might catch us doing that a bit more regularly. Yup, yup, yup. Um, yum, yum, yum. <laughs> Oh man, this has been another great episode and the fact that we are announcing the end of the episode without some obscure reference is, is not normal. Another re- way that none of this None of this is normal. Is but normal. what
1: should be
0: normal is buying all of your
1: Yu-Gi-Oh!, Pokemon, Magic the Gathering, Flesh and Blood, board games, and cargo game supplies at so tokenftg.com and all use that the shit. promo code SEC. To get 10% off of your order.
0: And you can find us, if you enjoyed this, at the Flood Pod on everything. And that is on everything. I've been Signature Doc. That is your co-host, Ziggy. Ziggy Starscream. And we will catch you guys next week.
1: Deuces!